You know what's happened, don't you? Hi guys, Steve here, you're listening to my podcast, 50 Uses for the Word Love, where every week I sit down with a different guest to discuss the myriad of human emotions that all fall under the one limiting umbrella term, love. We made it to 10 episodes guys, what? Thanks for everyone who's listened so far. I think it's a great body of work. Uh, We've already started interviewing people for the next season, I guess. Uh, We might take a little break, maybe a week off. Uh, I think I'll have a little bit more, like, uh, uh, bonus content for you guys, so uh, I won't go too far. If you've been listening so far and you consider yourself a fan, the way you can help the podcast, tell people. Tweet it, recommend it, review it. That would be amazing. Spread the love. It's funny, when I open every episode uh, with something that I love, I could easily have said, I'm Stephen Trumbull, and I love this week's guest, Esther Manito. I met Esther when I first started doing comedy, we instantly became friends, and she honestly is just one of my favourite fucking people in the whole world. When I went to Edinburgh for the first time, it was in a show with her, Paul Cox, Rebecca Howe, and Nicole Harris. She's just fantastic, she's always been there. She's very rightly hailed as one of the most interesting voices in comedy today, with an emphasis on motherhood, identity and family, all filtered through this lush, weary, observational style. She's routinely graced the finals of numerous comedy competitions, notably Funny Women and So You Think You're Funny in 2017, and in July 2018, she made history as the first woman to perform comedy at the Dubai Opera House as part of Art Canteen's Arabs Are Not Funny Night. This year, she's doing her debut hour, Crusade, and she will be waging it across Brighton Fringe and Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So go see that, because it's a hell of a show, and she deserves the best audience she can get. And if you want, go support her at a preview. The next one is on the 16th of April, in Bethnal Green, at the Love Shack. Tie it in. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Esty, and all the upcoming episodes of this show. And thank you. You're listening to 50 Uses for the Word Love. Today's form of love is narcissism. That is not happening. Okay. It is in a terrible state. That's absolutely fine. Where are you headed next? To get the kids. Oh, amazing. Okay. Because so, by the time you drop them off, it's not time to go back and get them. Yeah. I have to get Callum earlier than Layla, so that's why. Okay, why, why, why? Um, because he, well, it just so to allow us to walk over to Layla's school. Yeah. It's multiple pickups at the same time. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. Do you want to just go into it, or do you want to just yeah, like, like, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, like <laughs> we're all kind of breathing heavy. <laughs> Start with an obscene. ASM, yeah. ASMR. Let's hey, see. mate, how are you? I'm fine. How we are can you? We, we we just kind of start with a chat anyway. It's okay. fine. And then I'll do like a little intro at some point. Yeah, so. I was thinking on the tube of all the things that I, I love and hate. Oh, maybe and actually, you're you're quite softly spoken. Maybe maybe step in a bit. Okay. You got such a soft voice. It's amazing. I know, I'm really quietly spoken. It really annoys people. I think you should sit close. I'll, I'll sit further away and you sit closer. Shall I see how I sound? Yeah. I am very quietly spoken. Yeah. We'll get into that as to why. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think a lot definitely of... Definitely to do with the narcissism. Well, that's exactly what I'm thinking because, like, a lot of um, my image of you is a lot of people misapply traits to you that are the opposite of what you really are like. Yeah. That no, you I have, get that, yeah, yeah. You have a kind of a certain on-stage presence yes. and a kind of a, a, an internet presence that belays this kind of... Yeah, I think people think I'm a real um, asshole or like... I mean, the best type of asshole, <laughs> like a really... But I think people think I'm a lot har- harder than I really am in yeah. reality. 
I'm yeah. just kind of like this seal that's about to be clubbed. We're just intimidated by your by your <laughs> your fiery queenness. I know it's all just a mask. It isn't a mask. I think there is an element of truth to it. Obviously, that's why it's on stage. Yeah. But definitely, um, in reality, I'm a lot more less confrontational. Yeah. I don't mind confrontation when it's on stage and it's One Direction and I've got the mic and mm. I'm in control. But if someone wants to kick off with me, <laughs> it's I don't particularly enjoy that. No. I'm not somebody who feeds on confrontation. No. It's interesting. You're like uh, you're good at um, recreating it though on stage. You like you're a good mimic of it. Yeah, I think because confrontations happen in my real life, and then I think I really wish I'd said this mm. because in reality, I can't. When somebody says something, I just kind of step back, yeah. and it takes me a while to kind of process that it's happening. So when I go home, I then think, oh, I wish I did say this. Yeah, and then I can go and use stage time. To... I'm, the, I'm the opposite. I, I'm the guy who who I only think of what I should have said on stage on the way home. Oh really? Yeah, I'll get heckled and I will just go, oh, but the guy's guy speaking. Deal, I think and I then can... on the bus on the way home, I'll be like, fuck, that would have been really funny if I'd no, said I that. No, I know what you mean. I think I can deal with heckles. Hmm. And I think I'm quite good at retaliating um, in situations where somebody's being aggressive towards me. But I'm not very good when it comes to like sly little digs. So when I talk on stage, when I kind of talk about how I'd respond to somebody who comments on me when I'm with my kids and things like that. I'm not very good with those kind of passive aggressive. Mm. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not very good at dealing with that. I well, just kind yeah. of shut down a little bit when I feel like I'm being judged. But when yeah. someone's just being an ass, yeah, and I'm in my zone, which or, is on or stage, like the other day I, when I'm, we were at your preview and 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 someone just isn't making sense. That was yeah. hilarious. Like you, were, like this woman just started talking about herself oh. she was just like suddenly i'm the star of the show now yeah i know i, think I was she... like is anyone a mum?" and she was like no i've got a mum. <laughs> i've got it but she's greek i was like okay yeah i mean that's great most of us have mums. yes that's how biology works exactly but it was it was but so beautiful because it was just like this woman had walked, wandered into a comedy show and then she must have just got such a lovely sense from you that you were gonna have a nice chat with her that it was I, yeah. you. It was because of your warm openness that she felt so comfortable. Uh, oh, you're she probably the become, only person. She was going to crack open some prosecco. She was. She wanted us to sit down. No, but I had a weird <laughs> moment with another mum. Not a weird moment, but it was a kind of awkward moment where she was. She was in the same preview, and afterwards she came up to me to give me the money in the bucket, hmm. and then she kind of just went as if she was going to hold me, like hug me. Wow! But I was like. But wow. I don't. But I don't know you, and I think sometimes they forget. Yeah, we don't actually know you. Like I know I've chatted to you from yeah. stage, but and it's fine. And yeah. you know we kind of just had this weird, like yeah. hand but holding, have, like, staring at oh each my other. God. Moment. But um, I think she she kind of was like, "Oh, well done, sweetheart," because she was older than me. Oh, well yeah, done, darling. Yeah, that was really yeah, good. Yeah. I'm just going to lean in for a little hug here, and it was like, "Oh, I don't." I don't and you were like, know "You me. misread me." Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice I'm if not... you just stabbed her in the eye with like a, with like the pen that you write notes with, and it's like preview gone well. Stab somebody in the eye. Anything for showing me for physical affection. Anything for a bit of a PR for the show. Yeah, definitely. Is uh, I think maybe killing it's... somebody in a preview is quite a good way to. Do I it. think that if somebody leaned in to hug me, I would always hug. I think I'm just very tactile. In fact, I'm, I'm actually at the moment doing material about how I always want to be hugging people. And I'm completely comfortable with anyone hugging me. So it's like, I think maybe it's a thing that comedians project. Project. Of a kind of a neediness. Kind of neediness. Yeah, maybe. I, I like to be hugged by a certain type of woman. 
Oh, okay. And that's very much mother issues. Okay. So if, like, there was a secretary at my work and she was just so motherly and bosomy yeah. and... Matrony. Matrony. Matronly. And I remember once she gave me a hug when I'd been off work for a, a little while um, after I'd, ha- I'd had... Um, I'd had two miscarriages and I came back to work and she was just so loving and mm. I really wanted that maternal... So yeah. I remember just, like, really kind of, like, just staying a little bit too long in that hug. And right. going, okay. Is there too long? It's, well, I think, you know, when you're essentially just sobbing into someone's breast, like, yes. hold me forever. Yeah. Um, and then she... <laughs> and then <laughs> I remember every time I was off sick, I was like... Fingers crossed, Shelley wants to see me. Right, yeah. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. I just, I just have to find me on MySpace. Yeah. Can we hang out sometime? <laughs> so I get like that around certain types of women. Yeah. I find myself like, I really want to be hugged by you. I was like that with someone recently. Really? Um, well, I took MDMA for the first time like oh, three weeks ago. It didn't work, didn't work at all. Oh, didn't well, change my personality. I felt, I, I could tell that I was on drugs, but I didn't feel happy, I didn't feel loved up. But I right. did end up sleeping in a bed with uh, my friend and his girlfriend in a completely non-sexual way. We God, just kind of curled right. up together. Okay. And she had a very lovely kind of bosomy, motherly quality. And uh, I realised, and that's my joke that quite, I'm now doing, which quite is like that, that. Uh, uh, drugs boiled you down to who you are on the inside. And it turns yeah. out that who I am is a nine-year-old boy who's just had just, a nightmare. Who just wants to have a hug. Yeah, big time. My friend was like that, though, because she never had a dad present. And she said that when she had the builders around doing their extension, she said she found there was like this six-year-old builder. And she found... Six-year-old? Sixty-year-old. Okay. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of... Some Fisher Price. Yeah. We're not we're not doing some kind of third world uh, yeah. style building firm. No, she um, and she said she kept he kept on kind of jumping back in alarm, and she realised that she was kind of just following around the house, like kind of just chat to, to be me. fair. He should have been primed from a lifetime yeah. of porn to know yeah. that if somebody's been. <laughs> but she no, not in a sexual way. It wasn't a sexual. She, way. Just, she wanted... just wanted. Like she was saying, like you know, when he was like, uh, you know, I'll show you how to do this because we've just fitted this in, and she was like, oh my god, I really wish I had a dad. And she was like, it really just hit home how much. I just want to watch you work with yeah, your hands. I just want you to kind of do DIY around the house and call me sweetheart. It just makes me feel loved. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. very damaging. It well, is not damaging. damaging. It kind of makes you. I think it's you know. kind of beautiful. I think the more I see of people in the world, the more I kind of like. Instead of it being like, oh, that's sad. It's kind of, it's beautifully revealing of Mm -hmm. people, I think. Mm -hmm. And like, because obviously, you know, uh, I have a very different life to yours. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, I have a twin brother. And so he's my narcissistic family member. Right. But it's very different because his narcissism also included me. Right. We talked about this in the previous episode. He, okay, he's, so he's, quite, he's openly, he knows he's narcissistic. Well, he was very confessional in the episode that we did together, so that's I think he amazing. wouldn't mind me saying that. I quite, wouldn't say that he was malignantly narcissistic. That's and, quite I, unusual yeah. for a narcissist to be aware of your own narcissism. Well, he went through a real great, like, like he's actually done a lot of work in oh, the last couple amazing. of years, which has been really nice and it's really oh. improved. But for when we were young adults, right. he was still reeling from the fact that I wasn't exactly like him and on board with everything that he thought and said. Uh, uh, yeah, because narcissists are quite controlling. Yeah, his yeah. whole idea of himself, yeah. I was a part of. Right. So, so, it, so it was, that's what I mean. It was kind of the weird, the lesser known, cuddly narcissist. Like the narcissist yeah. who just wanted, just wanted to continue being twin brothers forever. Brothers, yeah, forever. And he just and, and it was a rude awakening for him to 
There was this wonderful moment we didn't talk about it in the podcast, and I think he wouldn't mind me telling the story because he he said to me, "Oh, I forgot to tell that story." So okay. I'll tell it right now. We were in a cafe. Um, this was only about four or five years ago when okay. he was still living in London, and he um, was trying to encourage me on a on a project, and I was very stressed. And he was just basically trying to give me a booster talk, trying to encourage me. And there were these two old ladies sat a couple of tables away from us. And after about 10 minutes, they got up to leave. But before they got up to leave, one of them came over to David and went, stop bullying him. Oh, that's amazing. And he, and David went white. Like I'd never, like he was He'd like, told off. he was horrified. He had no idea that that's what he was doing. That he was basically yelling at me. Oh, but really? with love. Like uh, lovingly okay. yelling at me. And they were like, he's trying really hard. And all you do is you just drag him down. We were in a crepe affair at this point. We were, you know, we were having a, we were just, we were tucking into a savoury pancake at the time. Okay, and a, and a woman's come over and chat. Well, that, good It was her. beautiful. I loved it. That was one of the best moments of our relationship. I always, it kind of I, saved you a little bit. It did. And I got to just kind of cross my arms and I think sometimes smile. it's having a mirror held up to you. Yeah. In whatever context it does. But for some people... I think they're so ingrained in their narcissism that that they're if that mirror shows something that they don't want to see, they say, "Well, the mirror's faulty." Yeah. So they can't. There's no way out of that. Hmm. But I think um, if you have some self-reflection, you can pretty much yeah. you can pretty much sort yourself out. I think. Well, it's 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 funny that you said self-reflection. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Uh, I've just realised we haven't even done the intro. Let's uh, let, let's do that. Hi everyone, you're listening to Fifty Uses for the Word Love. I'm Stephen Trumbull, and I love trains. Do I do? Do I say what? No, I love? no, 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 no. You have to do it. Yeah, no. This okay. is just how I how this I I, I start. But you will. You, we, we, the, I'm getting all my shit out of okay. the way so that we can get on to you. Okay. Um. Uh, but I love fucking trains. Uh, you steam love trains. Fucking trains. No, well, or you just love trains. <sighs> it depends you? on the shape of the boiler. Well, okay? it's quite it's quite a phallic symbol, isn't it? In yeah. The old Actually, I, uh, cinematic terms the trains off coming at yeah coming at the, it's, the it was stage, literally it? coming at us yeah it was yes. literally coming at you yeah my favorite train is a t- toss-up between stevenson's rocket oh, which right. was like the first one yeah and that was quite phallic basically uh, just like a giant funnel yeah okay um the mallard which was a beautiful sleek like blue one okay um and then these uh, if anyone wants to go to a railway go to wales go to the festiniog railway which is absolutely beautiful, where they have these trains. I can show you a picture of one of them. I might have to take my son down there because his train obsessed. Oh my God, you should. But oh, they have these re- yeah. trains. They're old steam trains, but they have two engines back to back. Two steam engines literally back to back. Oh, okay. Which means that they kind of look like conjoined twins. Uh, we're, we're talking about narcissism today. That's the form of love. Um, it's called 50 uses for the word love. So basically it could be any word in the English language that could be, could fall under the umbrella term of love. So that also involves things that are misappropriated as love. So yeah. I would argue that narcissism, I wouldn't call it a very pure no, <laughs> it's a, No, it's a very controlling form of love. Yeah. And this is the one that you came back and chose. And I was really interested about this because I, th- uh, m- m- you said it to me, I was like, but you're, you're not very, you're not narcissistic. Oh, that's very Esther, Esther don't, don't let anyone tell you. And it, and it turns out that wasn't the reason. So, well, I am a little yeah. bit narcissistic. I mean, I, I do love a selfie. Right. So I put lots of selfies on social media. And that's because I guess I've got that narcissistic element of 
staring at myself. Yeah. Uh, but I like pulling silly faces, so that's why I quite like a selfie. But I yeah. think um, I think I grew up in quite a narcissistic household. Yes. So that was why I was quite interested mm. in narcissism. Okay. Right. Well. That's the end. That's all I've got. Yeah. To that's say. it. So that's, <laughs> we're, we're done. <laughs> Go pick up the kids. <laughs> Well, no, you can you talk about it whatever you want. I'd very, be very interested to hear about it. You could make it a half, an hour and a half, just primal scream. If oh, you want. just scream into the Use mic. Use the space anywhere you want. I don't think it. I don't. I mean. We'd probably I, win an award. Yeah, I think we probably would. We'd get lots of awards for it. Um, my mum, bless her. Like, I, I, <laughs> I really like my mum. Hmm. Um, but she's, she's definitely got an artistic personality disorder. And I see it somewhat in my sister. And if they ever hear this, then they will freak. Oh, amazing! Um, because they, they, both of them, very much are not narcissistic um, in their right. own minds. But uh, but if they were narcissistic, um, surely they'd love being talked about. They would like being talked about, but only in a positive light. Okay, okay. So it has to be very kind of, uh, you know. It, I mean, it comes from a place of insecurity, but it's feeling that I need to control your environment. And so with my mum particularly, um, she was incredibly narcissistic and just very controlling. So it meant that you weren't really allowed your own identity in a lot of ways. So you kind of just live under the shadow of the narcissist. Hmm. Um, And I didn't really know any other people that had a parent like that. And so it was a little bit weird and it was kind of bizarre to continuously not be regarded as a child, but as this like extension Mm. Of the narcissist. You're a, a peer. You're yeah. a fan. Yeah. So it's like everything I do for you and, you know, you're mm. here because of me. And you're just like, no, hang on. I'm... <laughs> you're just like, okay, factually accurate. Yeah. But dude. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I think like when I became a parent myself and I suddenly just realised, and I think to be honest with you, I, it's really weird. I felt like there was a turning corner. I think when I was in my 20s, um, I was doing Akin's mm. podcast. And oh, he yeah, was yeah. Like, Akin, your... I'm over Yeah. Um, it dies here podcast. It dies. Here. I ain't giving him publicity. Yeah, you have. Um, He's gonna have to come on this podcast doing himself. Or you just kind of do your podcast together at the same time. Just talk at the same time. Yeah. And see who comes out the winner. Or well, fight to the death. I'm always discussing fights to the death. When you like to fights Akin. to the death. Fights to the death. Who do you think would win between me and Akin? Uh, Akin. See, but see, I always think in a fight, I would go for the eyes first, and I wouldn't stop until they were fucking blind. Like 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 my sheer <laughs> my sheer need to survive would take over and right. I would forfo- I would forfeit my own dignity okay and my own like like cool look right to just make sure that they never see again and then okay. he, so he'll won he'll probably win he'll win but, but he'll be a blind he'll be winner disfigured yeah. forever yeah and yeah well that's that's his fate yeah or I'll, I'll just stick my fingers in his mouth fish hook him like gag him. Oh. Make him throw up on me. Okay. And then we'll just both part ways and never talk about it again. Yeah. I think we should do it. I feel like I haven't had enough sleep. Is this a... <laughs> this, is a this is good. This is a, I've been very weird this whole podcast. Please continue <laughs> really talking haven't. about your... Te- uh, Esther, tell me about your mother. <laughs> I can't even... Oh, no. So when on Akin's podcast, he was like, what's your one of your biggest regrets, I think? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. And I was like... I mean, that's kind of what the whole podcast is yeah. about. <laughs> And I was like, my biggest regret is my wedding day. And not because I regret getting married to my husband, just because I really, I think I was just a very different person in my 20s. Mm. And I got very stressed about my wedding. And I think um, that's not how I would have gone about it should I have had, got married after I had children. But I think 
there was definitely a turning point where I myself was very close to going down the narcissistic path. Interesting. Okay. And it's when I look back, I realise how I really struggled with the world around me because mm. it, it's essentially you're like a toddler. Mm. And I remember throughout my 20s, it was like, but everybody doesn't behave the way I want them to. Yeah. And everyone's not reacting to me the way I want it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cry mm-hmm. and I'm going to be a victim because everybody's wrong. Yeah. And I remember that being quite a really like blocking mm. thing. Well, that kind of reminds mentally. me of my brother. That's right. kind of his yeah. narrative of like, yeah. it's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. People are supposed to say this about me. Yeah. And it's, you're never like allowing for people's circumstances. You're never allowing for um, the differences that they may have in their personality. It's constantly just going steamrolling through life going, but if you're not exactly, or if you don't react exactly how I want you to react, yeah. you're a total piece of shit. There's a script that you're supposed to be going by yeah. that nobody's read. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so getting into a relationship with my husband and he was just like what's going on (laughs) (laughs) and I I just couldn't really recognize it and I think it was after we got married and again it was just setting these high expectations of how everything should be and then afterwards I was just like for me it was the best thing I ever did we moved straight to Dubai after we got married and I Mm. sat in Dubai and was just like imagine if you took away all these expectations that you placed on other people Mm. and took away all these expectations that you placed on yourself and all these rules that you put on the world around you and you know you actually just say well it's okay if things run a bit late it's okay if someone doesn't react the way Mm. you expect Mm. them to how much easier would life be and it just Mm. was yeah it was just a lot easier was it literally that simple? You just, like, let it go? Uh, no. Well, kind of, you know, had a mental breakdown. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not just, guys, everyone move to Dubai. Um, get, a little, think... get a little fresh, sa- sandy air in your lungs. No, Dubai pushed me to my limit, because the thing is with Dubai, it's literally half Western, half Arab. And nice. the Arabs don't like the Westerners. The Westerners don't like the Arabs. And so when you're half and half, mm. and everything about your identity is being pulled apart, yeah, yeah. and I suddenly felt very defensive as my mum, of my mum as well. Yeah. Because I was suddenly living in the Middle East where there were, you know, a lot of Arabs would take to me because I look very Lebanese. Mm. A lot of Lebanese would take to me and they'd be like, oh, we knew you were Lebanese because uh, you look so nice and oh, you're so friendly because you're Lebanese. And I remember it getting to a point where I turned around to people and was like, okay, you're just insulting my mum. You're putting, right. you're essentially saying that I only have positive qualities because of my dad. But in that um, way, that's being quite culturally narcissistic. Yeah. Oh, if you're a Lebanese, it means that you're oh, well, the most the beautiful underdog, woman in the world. Yeah, it's the underdog mentality. I yeah. think when people feel that they haven't got a higher place mm. globally, they tend to really take pride in ridiculing. You know, Westerners they don't have great food or they don't have their... So yeah. it's a way of, of ridiculing. Um, so I got quite defensive with my mum. And then when I had children myself... I think just forgiveness came in in bucket loads. And as a result, again, taking away those expectations and and saying to myself, okay, she is quite narcissistic. Mm. I'm not going to have expectations on her. And I'm just going to accept that she thinks that she is also a child of mine. Yeah. It just made my relationship with her a lot easier. Oh, you just, you started viewing your mother as a child, as your third child. Um... I don't think I put as much energy into her as I would my child. Rearing her. Rearing her. <laughs> um, but definitely not taking tantrums seriously. Right. You know, and when she needs Patience love, just and... showing her a lot of love. Because I think narcissism comes from a real insecurity. Yeah. So I think, but just, again, just taking away that thing of like, it doesn't matter. Hmm. You know, if she calls me the worst thing that ever happened to her, I just say, it's not real. You know, yeah. that's okay. Is that it's the type real. of thing she says? Um... 
No, I mean, she would say things like, you know, I was cursed by having daughters, mm. you know, that type of thing. But yeah. I just think, I look at my children, I think with narcissists, they just don't grow up. They're kind of infantilized. Yeah. And, you know, I remember, you know, yeah. my daughter shouting at me over half term when she mm. just jumped off her bike and she just had this complete meltdown and she just left her bike in the middle of the pavement turned around to me and went I would like to live with anyone but you and just oh, hands oh, flailing through shit, the air shit Layla fuck <laughs> um, I think that was because um, she knows how to twist the blade yeah I think that's because I'd kind of forgotten to get her favourite biscuit in the weekly shop or something ridiculous well more but it's fool just, you yeah but I mean it's just that ridiculous it's not real Mm. it's not real and also I think narcissists aren't aren't able to actually love because they don't really love themselves they just mm. love the image of themselves yeah let me let, let me go back a little bit okay um uh, it's funny when you said that when you were growing up with with your mother that that you felt it was weird that she wasn't acting to you a certain way yeah but it occurred to me that kids don't know that things are weird so That's very true for the first couple of years what well, for your actual childhood was it was it not weird? Was it weird when when you saw other people's parents? What, what, did I, she create a kind of normal for you that that was actually quite out of step? Um, I, no. <laughs> so so it was just it was just normal. it was just clearly fucked up you, from the beginning. You were like even even little three year old well, Esther was like, this bitch, please, my... this is this is no. <laughs> no is she just... kidding with this shit? Um. No, no, not at all. The thing is, I think firstly, is that you think the environment around you is normal and, and it isn't until you grow up you realise that actually everyone's um, everyone's got their own thing going on. Hmm. And I think with my mum and dad, I had this really, you know, I grew up in a really small town in Essex and there was no other ethnic minorities. And I had a, you know, a dad who had a very strong Arab accent, still wore a jellaba, refused to ingratiate himself in any way shape and form as being English um you know or that he's even that his kids are English and then this mum who you know both my parents were like radical left wing mm. um you know they'd have like these kind of like academic right drinking parties you know yeah so everything was just everything wasn't like your bog standard it's like your Ned Flanders your yeah parents <laughs> But then, then when you grew up, I ended up marrying the most normal man I could find. Exactly, like he seems uh, quite straightforward. Just very thorough. straightforward, very calm, very stoic, vertical. very loyal, very vertical, <laughs> upright, upright, <laughs> non non aggressive. The main just... thing I take away from him is 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 the verticalness. He is, yeah. I see. I, I just do see you know him what that really a... is. He is the most vertical person you've you've yeah. you'll ever see. He's just a straight, just a block of erect person. line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's really beautiful. Is. So and so, okay. He's a, he was a sensible choice, <laughs> <laughs> which is what his grandmother told me. Oh really? Yeah. Well, we you, wait, she was trying to sell it to you, or was she? Like, no, we trying got to make we got engaged, better? and he rang. I loved my. I absolutely adore my. Um, she passed away when we when I was pregnant with Layla, but when we got engaged, my husband rang his family and said oh you know we got engaged and mm. um when we rang his grandmother she was like and did she say yes and he was like well yeah obviously and she's like well you're very lucky she said yes and then when i <laughs> spoke to her after we got engaged and she said you know there are some men who write love letters and be very romantic and very charismatic but these aren't men you marry these are men that you have love affairs with wow the men that you marry are the ones who you know are very very together you know, 
stoic fuck. these people that you raise children and build homes with and I was like that's really good advice because everyone who I spoke to have these really romantic passionate love affairs Jesus. it kind of all just falls to shit she's super cool oh she was amazing I feel like she would be played by like Gemma Arterton in a period film about her early years. No, she's like, awesome. She's like super she's cool. A really awesome woman. Wow. Really funny, really dry. Mm. Just, yeah. really. And she had the most, you know, loving marriage and she was married, you know, all her life. Um, but again, to a very calm, stoic man. That's and nice. so she just knew, you know, there are people that you form real bonds with <laughs> to have your children with and these aren't people that whisk you away. So what you're basically saying, Esther, is that I should endeavour to be less charming in my life. Be less charming. Although, no, because I think women do like the whole... I think yeah, a lot well, no, they like, like it. They like for, the for drama the affair, and the excitement, yeah. yeah. Like, maybe I should try and have a few love affairs. That might a be a good idea. A few love affairs, but which just people away. But you can't sustain these things. Don't get upset if things. they don't stay. Yeah, exactly. You can't yeah. sustain these things. I do think, you know, when people say, oh, that, you know, but that zing's gone, and you're like, but surely what you've got, you know, mm. what's left... It's I mean, different. you can't have that zing forever, but what you have is something very solid and, yeah. and reassuring. Yeah. Reassuring. Like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Sensible, reassuring. <laughs> Neil. You <laughs> just see him like black and white on the side of a billboard. I know. He's the new fragrance. He's sensible, reassuring. The new Neil. fragrance, masculinity by Neil. Yeah. Uh, it's a type of man that if he had to move house, he would just move the entire house <laughs> in 24 hours. Brick by brick. Brick by brick without moaning. Or just build a new one. He would just build a new just one. Build a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like that. And I do feel and like... And you follow him around. I know. <laughs> watching him work. I do feel like that when I see my kids with him. I'm like, God, you just have such reassurance in your dad. It's yeah. really nice just to know that he's like that. That's lovely. Yeah. I mean, it must be lovely to see the kids growing up. Yeah. So functional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you fear for the, the teenage years when yes. slowly they, when suddenly they turn around? Uh, yeah. I fear for it a lot. Yeah. Massively. Wow. Like it terrifies me. I mean, it's inevitable though. It's kind of like yeah. the the zing going away. Yeah, you you do have to be ready for it. I know, you? I know. I'm so scared of just losing that innocence and the babiness. No, they're always. Them. But like, no, it's like, it's like they're, they're they're not gonna like you know. It's not gonna be. I know, another but like rejection. at the moment, like my 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 me and my daughter are reading Mary Poppins. Ah, oh, like the original books. The original books, where so she's all scary and mean and nasty. And I stuff. know. Nice. So we're reading Mary Poppins and we're reading it in bed together, and it's just her like the innocence and the fact that those stories just completely mm. encapsulate absolute the relationship with children and so i say we were reading with a bit about the bird feeder on i, I haven't steps. read it oh i was God. a wind in the willows man that's a good one that's the first book it i read by out, myself wind in the willows. yeah the third chapter where he gets lost in the yeah really wood. yeah it really creeped me out and frog also proper xenophobic <laughs> I reread the first chapter recently because I love it and there's a bit where Ratty's going I mean you can go in the woods if you want the weasels are in there the foxes I mean some of them are okay I've got some friends who are good there but most of them you just can't trust them I mean Badger's there obviously he's a a legend but uh, no by and large I had it on record so I used to listen to it and it was really creepy me too but I love it really creepy really really creepy but no, so we're reading Mary Poppins, and when I, we got to the bird seller, uh, bird feeder bit, and what, um, what is the bird feeder bit? So she sits on this, and so Mary Poppins says to them, you know, you need to look past the end of your own nose and see, you know, other sites in the city, not just, okay, you know. And so she sat on the steps of St Paul's, 
And then I explained to Layla that we don't live that far from St Paul's and her eyes just went huge and she was like, can we go there? And literally like, and we watched the new Mary Poppins and it was just seeing the magic through their eyes. Mm. I literally left that cinema crying. I just was like, oh my God, I want to consume you because this is just an innocence. I mean, the the thing that's making me misty-eyed is imagining a, a world in which the sequel to Mary Poppins isn't viewed with cynicism. I know. Do you know what I mean? But I thought they did amazingly. I was very, very cynical, but they did absolutely amazingly. I bet it's great. Like, I bet it's completely fine. But it's... it's, I think the the person that wrote the music, I think, is it the Sherman Brothers? Okay. That wrote the music for the first one. They actually Uh, worked with the musicians for the second mm, one. So there mm. is that kind of the use of strings, the use of just that really Mm. emotive... Mm. Oh, just a very similar style to like Feed the Birds. You can see like the, you know, they start to go into that and then it, yeah, you know, yeah, changes yeah. some. But yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And it just, oh. We're absolutely right. So basically, you know, your children are, are kind of your, the vessel through which you can almost relive your own childhood, but with a, a, a an innocence and a glow. and a... Yeah, but I think to be honest with you, my mum even tried to do that with us. I think okay. she tried, I think she was like, I'm not going to have the childhood that I had because she grew up in a very, very poor okay. working class background. Um, and she had, you know, a lot of difficulties with her parents. And I think she was like, you're going to have this middle class upbringing that I never had. And I'm going to give you everything that I never had. But um, again, you've got to be wary of trying to control it. And if your children don't give you that reaction of, mm. this is amazing, because obviously yeah, you know yeah, yeah. no different. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't then storm out of the room and scream your You shouldn't biggest, leave your bicycle biggest, in the middle of the road yeah, and, and storm say, off and run down the street with your hands in the air I going, I'd rather live with anyone than you. <laughs> Go and build a house. Move out, move out. Build your own house. Your dad's not going to build every house you live in. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay so, so it's that accepting like you know when you do something with the kids and you're like I would have loved this as a child yeah. when they turn and go it's a bit boring I don't yeah, like it exactly. you don't then you're heartbroken yeah, you cannot throw your bike down the middle of the street and go well this day is ruined you ruined everything not, why not <laughs> exactly but yeah I think that's I think <laughs> it's just trying to see things from other people's perspectives sometimes and also you've got to you really have to be able to reflect and go, maybe my behaviour wasn't okay. And mm. if you can't do that, yeah. you're it's worrying. Mm. Because you see it with children. If yeah. you just say yes to them all the time... Well, children God. kind of... I mean, it, it, uh, I was going to say it, but then I realised it's a bit of a cliche. But children are, you know, narcissistic oh, from, mass- for the first yeah. couple of years. They oh, they're, are they're, they're 100% narcissi- yeah. narcissistic. And we, and we live in a society that pretty much encourages their narcissism. Right. And you fall slightly, you fall kind of in the middle of yeah. that, don't you? You're kind yeah. of like, give them all the love they fucking want because they're yeah, the Yeah, I mean, love, them, but love also... them fiercely, but they have to know that there's a no. Yeah. You know, if I'm having a conversation, you don't just interrupt it. And it drives mm. me mad when I'm with other parents and your ha- your mid-conversation, their child will just go, mum, 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 and the mum just instantly turns around. It's yeah. like, no. Two adults are talking, you don't interrupt. Yeah. Or when um, my daughter says something, sometimes she'll turn around and she'll be like, but you did this. And I'm like, I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> you don't question that. And I don't expect you as a child, you need to know your place. And that is not questioning adults. End so, of. He carries on the devil wears Prada or something. It's seriously, it's seriously, it does my head in. Like, can you imagine when you were a kid? Yeah. Turning around to your parents and mm. being like, well... And you're that's out better, drinking I mean, to the early hours, so I can. Your parents would just be like, excuse me? Yeah. What? 
So, um, well, I remember my parents, I remember being upset I couldn't stay up late. I was like, why can't I stay up late? You guys are watching TV. I could always hear them watching TV. Yeah. They'd be watching some sitcom or something that was too much for me. And I, and, and, but they would just go like, well, you can't, you can't. We can, you can't. Yeah. And I just accept, I was such a good kid. I yeah. just accepted everything. Because we're grown-ups. That's, that's why I'm, I'm having trouble with a lot of stuff in adult life, I think, because I'm so, uh, like with drugs, I genuinely am like proper, I'm like a vegan for drugs. I'm upset that they were bad one minute and not bad the next. See, I've never done any. Yeah. So I'm not... Well, you're very lucky then. And I'm not particularly interested in doing them. Well, me neither. That's why I I feel very fortunate that I'm not good at them. Yeah. But everyone else seems to be like, oh, well, that's what we do. We bomb Syria and we get high all the time. What don't you get? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Don't you even have a job, bro? I think (laughs) drugs helps a lot with the bombing of Syria. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh, I see. Okay, nothing means anything. Great. You know, but it annoys me because I, as a kid, I was just like, whatever so you told be, me, because I don't if you told me something was wrong, I wouldn't do it. I was See, that kind we of kid. Were, when we were kids, um, a lot of people did drugs. Mm. Um, so I don't know why I didn't do drugs. Mm. Um, just because I wasn't very good at being off my head. Yeah. Like, um, I, if I, you know, if I drank, I would just vomit instantly. Yeah, so I used yeah. to go out and get drunk, mm. but I would just vomit. So the thought of then adding something on top of that didn't really appeal to me. But we still had that culture of like, you know, being, you know, smoking, drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the cool things were the things mm. that were bad for you. What I don't understand is with the generation, the younger mm. generation now. The millennials. I don't understand about we're, the we're, we're probably Generation Y. I don't know. What I, I, I think am. anything like early 30s. Generation Penny Farthing, I think I belong to. <laughs> You're still in Mary Poppins land. I'm still in Mary Poppins land. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I don't get now is that a lot of, you know, you see a lot of people, they'll say, oh, I don't drink coffee because that's bad for me, or I don't eat fast food because that's bad mm. for me, and I'm vegan, and, I don't, and I'm gluten-free, and I'm, you know, lactose-free, and I don't breathe air unless it's yeah. of a certain temperature. And then they're taking bucket loads of drugs. Yeah. So uh, that, I don't get that. That annoys me. Yeah, that annoys me too, where it's like um, they'll care about the factory farming of, of, yeah. of meat, but not yeah. that... Somebody got wrapped in tires and set on fire and rolled down a hill so that they also, could snort cocaine. Do you know what I mean? The, the stuff that it does to your body mm. when someone's like, "Oh God, I would never eat McDonald's," and then, <laughs> and then they'll go and take stuff that's you know. Again, Whereas I'd be like, yeah, yeah, "I'll take heroin, but only when I'm travelling. Yeah, like only if I have to get up really early in the morning." Yeah. I was. I I'll get some heroin on the way in. <laughs> I admitted something the other day, which was a little bit depressing, because I was like, I have taken the kids to McDonald's, yeah. but only when I just can't face going home. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and I was like, oh god, now my kids will—they're going to equate going to McDonald's means mummy's in a sad place <laughs> because I just cannot face the mountain of shit that's through my front door that I need to do. So it's like I can't face the laundry, the washing up, the mountain of crap. So we're just going to sit at McDonald's. Um, if it helps, yeah. I don't think that's a unique story. I'm oh, yeah, pretty I sure that so. that's uh, a mission and statement for an entire my, franchise. I'm pretty honest with my kids. I always say to them, you know, I absolutely love you, like, beyond anything. But I appreciate I'm not great at everything. Yeah. And you just... Which like, is lovely. That's a just, great I'm thing really to hear sorry, from a parent. But I just can't do everything. Yeah, because that's the rude awakening. your head when you realise your parents aren't perfect. Yes, so, but I, I constantly blame my mum for a lot of shit growing up. Yeah. Being narcissistic. Mm. 
And my dad was just on this pedestal, which I think is why I became so Lebanese. Like growing right. up, I wanted to go to Lebanon every summer. I was desperate to get my Lebanese nationality. Yeah. Um, I wanted to marry a Lebanese man. Really? Um, you yeah, to marry I, was, a... I was like, I would never marry an English guy. I'm only going to marry a Lebanese guy. Um, you know, I became so Lebanese. I was practicing, I became practicing Muslim. I was like fasting. Really? Every year. Yeah. I did not know I was, any of this. this yeah, I became so because I just... Out completely... of a rejection of the, the yes, mother side. Yes, massively because, you know, clashing with my mum. Yeah. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I got to an adult, I was like, no, hang on a minute. <laughs> Wait one complicating minute. <laughs> you know, where were, where was dad yeah. when all this was going on? There I mean, the whole time. You went to work and you came home and you just kind of went, okay, there is this m- bit of a shitstorm going on. Mm. I'm just going to ignore it. Mm. And put my head in the sand. And you mm. suddenly realise when you're older, you're like, oh, you're not perfect. Yeah. Oh my God. And I suddenly also, once having children, I turned around and was like, my mum had three kids with no family around her. Yeah, no support. Whilst my dad travelled loads. Yeah. And we had everything. And, I, you know, like, I'm saying I'm sitting there reading Mary Poppins with my, my daughter. I remember sitting with my mum, like, reading, like, you know, Five Children Near and all mm. these types of stories and her taking me to the theatre. And you're like, I'm not going to do the boo-hoo, yeah. you know, because for all the clashes that were there she had to raise three daughters who continuously mm. were like my dad's amazing and you're not and actually she yeah. did an all right job yeah I've, I've, you know I've, you've got yeah. to rate her for it definitely i mean um, like i mean I, I can see why it was a problem initially because as you say it's hard to realize that your parents aren't perfect but i can yeah. imagine it's extra especially hard when one of the parents is claiming to be perfect yeah exactly and never never being wrong exactly and never saying sorry so it's like it's, it's hard for me to yeah. see but my dad's like it's that it's hard well. for me to forgive you for your imperfections yeah. when you can't admit that because yeah. that's what I loved about you saying because your kids how old are your kids are only a couple like there's five and three five and three for you to already be showing yeah flaws and like yeah. admitting to not being perfect to yeah. that younger child is like incredibly because neither of my parents mature. did like even i remember losing rag with my dad and just being like can you not acknowledge that there was things that you should have done differently and he was yeah. just like no can I really yeah oh stubborn as wow so my dad was just like no 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 and then with my mum i don't i genuinely think that she doesn't see that there was any issue yeah. So she just was like, well, no, the issue was that you didn't live up to the certain expectations. So the biggest thing, the biggest thing that changed me was going, oh, actually, I do not need somebody else to say I'm sorry for yeah. me to forgive them. Yes, yes. If I forgive them, then I'm, I, and it, it was, it was just a way. It was like removing those expectations, mm. removing, you know, oh, why doesn't the world react the way I want it to react? Mm. And saying, all right, someone's done something. I'm just going to forgive them. Mm readdress my boundaries with them yeah move on it's almost like it's almost like uh, i'm gonna forgive them in a way that they can't they can't fight back against because mm-hmm. they in a way they don't even know you're doing it and when my do you, daughter do, do when you my actually daughter say it six, to them or yeah do you when just my daughter say it was yourself? about six months old and me and my mum had a huge clash and i said to her i said look you weren't great at times mm. but i really rate you as a mum yeah. And I really rate everything you did for me. And I forgive you for the bad times. And she did not know what to say. And she stormed around to my sister's house and was like, oh, well, what, you know, am I supposed to have been some abusive parent? And I was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I forgive you. And I said the same to my dad. And he was just like, forgive me for what? Like, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> to 
nothing. To be fair, he shouldn't have said that to you when you were six. I mean, and and then he slapped <laughs> you around the face and then made you smoke a cigar. He, the thing, I guess for him, you know, and people just do their best. I mean, the man worked, you know, very hard, and so did my mom. Yeah. And you just, you know, it's very. I can't imagine very... having children. Like I'm 33 in in a, like a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, if you gave me three kids now, yeah, straight up without even trying, they're abused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just sheer neglect. Yeah, at least losing at least oh, two my thirds. Daughter, remember, my daughter broke her. She her cousin was round, and her cousin's a lot bigger than her. And my daughter was lying with her arm on the sofa, and my and her cousin just jumped onto the sofa, not seeing my daughter's arm, mm. and it just mm. clicked. And my daughter was in agony, but I remember because she was obsessed with watching Dr. Ranch on CBeebies, and I remember thinking she kept, at the time, going through this phase of, like, I need this just to copy what Dr. Ranch was doing on TV. Mm. So when she was like, I need to go and have an x-ray, I need to go and have an x-ray, and I was like, mm, I don't really believe you because I think you just want what Dr. Ranch wants on TV. I'm just imagining her being like, it might she, be lupus. <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 I think I need an x-ray. I think I need an x-ray. And she was holding her arm and it was only... And my dad was just like, she's fine. Like, get on with it. Give her a piece of chocolate and she'll be fine. And it wasn't until about three hours later when she was still holding her arm. And I remember just seeing her move her arm every time her brother came near her. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take you to the hospital. Mm. And we got in the car and I kept saying to her, but if the doctor tells me there's nothing wrong, mm. you will be in trouble. Like, if oh, you're wow, making okay. this up, I like that. you will be in trouble. <laughs> if that arm ain't broken, it's getting broken. And it was broken. On the way home. Oh my God! And I felt like the worst mother ever because she she turned around and the woman said, you can only have one parent come in with you for the x-ray. My husband met me at the hospital and she turned around and she went, I don't want my mum. I want my dad. And then they went and I felt really bad. And when wow. they came out and they're like, it's broken. She was just like, see? And even though... <laughs> Layla just sounds like a complete boss. She's gangster. Love her. And she... And still she's like... I mean, I'm, just imagining, I'm just imagining you saying, Layla, I just want you to know I'm not perfect. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, I get that. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've already got a list started. <laughs> but when I, like, and every now and then she'll turn around when I'm like, look, because I know best. And she's like, yeah, well, you didn't know then, did you? <laughs> and I broke my arm. Wasn't, wasn't so sure then, were you? Um, the next female Prime Minister of the UK. Oh, God, no. Leila no, Benito. No, she'd have to be a complete fucking sociopath. Actually, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Never trust any uh, 14-year-old who owns their own suit. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. No, I don't want that. No. All right. No. So yeah, so she reminds me quite a lot of that moment, and I'm like, God, I really fucked up. I'm so sorry. You didn't fuck up. Like, oh, you, the that guilt. sounded like the really responsible the thing, guilt. though, of like, I'll take you, and if it's if it's, I you never know... believe my children. <laughs> <laughs> I just right. assume they're always in the wrong. <laughs> you know what that kind of sounds like. <laughs> I know. I know. So no, no, I can be quite defensive with them, but when they're yeah, I mean they do make up a lot of stuff, and they're quite melodramatic. Kids right? Are melodramatic. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. They are. Right, but then, fine. but then, but then, if fine. if she had been lying, that would have been a really good lesson. Lesson of like yeah. egg in your face. Yeah. Don't don't Maybe you know? I'll remember just... that time I had to drive you to the hospital yeah. and your arm wasn't broken. Maybe I'll just tell her. That she, I, you know, maybe I'll just drag her to the hospital and force mm. her to have some kind of test and then go, <laughs> this Just an emergency trach. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that time we had to completely replace all your blood? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Eat Make your sprouts. Make her appendix taken out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
the twice. Yeah. <laughs> One at a time. <laughs> but no, I was thinking, I was at my sister's birthday recently and there was this guy who had, she has a lot of friends who have kids. Mm. And this guy, he had the perfect way to kind of let the kid know that they couldn't do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But it was like the best version, I think. Mm-hmm. Which was that he had a girl and she was very smart and she was like five, six. Mm-hmm. So she was just getting to that age where she is kind of acting out and trying to do bad things, you mm-hmm. know, because she can. Or mm-hmm. she's testing the testing the fence systematically for weaknesses. Yeah. Um, but uh, he said what happens, it, what he does is that he just looks at her calmly and goes, you, you're a smart girl. You know you're not supposed to do that. Uh-huh. I think that's genius. I hadn't even thought about that because my niece is especially the the eldest one mm-hmm. she's like four mm-hmm. and i don't know how to tell her off. no one time she hit me in the face right she was laughing i was making her laugh which is my favorite thing to do in the whole like i, I just yeah. i just want her to love me yeah and she got to she's got to the if she gets a bit excited she sometimes go gets too excited to the point where she has to be uh, violent yeah my son's like that and so what happened was she was laughing yeah. at me and she hit me in the face Right, ah. and the funny thing was, this is this is where I think, oh shit, maybe I could be a parent because, like, instinctively, I just remembered what my sister did, and I went, yeah. "Don't do that." Yeah, just in, in, completely instinctively, and she immediately burst into inconsolable tears, and it was the most horrible moment of my whole life. I was like, "No, no!" But it was like because she, I knew what had gone through her head. What had gone through her head was Uncle Steve's never told me off. Yeah, which means maybe he's a guy I can hit. Yeah. So oh, they're I'm just gonna... testing boundaries. And it's yeah. good that you say no. There is nothing like a, a, a stranger or someone heart. outside of the parent to step in. That's why they say it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. You know, it, and, and that's what I love about going back to Lebanon, the fact that you can be in a restaurant or you can be in a museum or wherever. Mm. And if your kid's misbehaving, anybody would step in and be like, no, you don't do that. Yeah, or yeah, move yeah. over there or don't, you know. And the kid just accepts that any adult can tell them off. And also, mm. any adult can walk past and ruffle their hair or smile oh, really? or pinch their cheek. Yeah. How do you feel about that? No, I really liked it because oh, okay. I saw Layla just kind of flourish. From you don't like getting me. hugged by an audience member after a gig. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's good. Like, I enjoy other people's children. And I, oh, I would okay. love it if, you know... You I'm... want to reserve the right to yeah. tousle some hair. That's, yeah, that's what I'm I want... Like, if I'm sat on the tube and there's a child and, you know, you're smiling at it and all the rest of it, I'd love to be able to just be like, oh, God. You know, <laughs> it's like you imagine the village comes together and goes, yeah. we're going to create a law that says we can touch anybody, any kid's hair... Yeah. Um, that's not our child and you look it over and you're like how much hair are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> can I can I also pinch the cheeks alright yeah. uh, Estimito votes yay yeah <laughs> sign, right. sign and sealed yeah and I, I mean that's you know, I, I do think it takes that so it's it's good that you were uh, yeah. with her because my son he does the same thing he bursts into tears when he's told off but I'm like yeah. you can cry till the cows come home mm. I am not interested <laughs> do you know the story of Narciss- Narcissus the, the, the Greek yeah yeah Fell in love with his own reflection and fell in the water, didn't he? No, no, he didn't. He he didn't drown. I thought he drowns gazing at his own reflection. No, I did a bunch of uh, research into this. I found a bunch of new stuff that I did have every thought. Did you you also know that it also involves a a nymph called Echo? No. All right, well, there's a nymph called Echo. It all happens. Actually, they're all being punished. Apparently, it's just like the Greeks, they're just, there's nobody who isn't getting served. They're all kind of being punished for something. So there are these nymphs in the woods. And they and she Echo is one of them, and she's been cursed by Juno for basically uh, Juno's husband was was like shagging the nymphs, 
And when Juno came knocking to say, uh, is my husband in there? They send Echo out to be like a good soldier and go like, I think he was like, I think he went that way. Like that, do you know what I mean? Oh. And because of that, they curse Echo. Um, right. But then Echo falls in love with uh, Narcissus. Narcissus. Yeah. Right. Because he's the most beautiful guy. He's this hunter. He's also the son of a god. Yeah. And so, so she falls in love with him and she's like following him around. Like right. he's fixing her sink. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, um... And so what? And but he starts realizing that he's being followed, and he goes, "Who's there?" And what does she say? I don't know. She says, "Echo." Who's there? That's where Echo comes from. Oh. That's literally where Echo comes from. That's amazing. The Greeks weren't like, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if she was called Echo?" Like that's where the word Echo comes from. Is that she was cursed by Juno because her talking was just a repeat. Uh, got in the way of like her getting some vengeance for her husband playing around. Uh, so she said, I'm going to curse you so you can't say anything other than what's just been said to you. Uh, so Narcissus is now being essentially stalked by this woman who's, who's broken. Just said. He's yeah. like, you know, uh, he's got, got, got a glitch in her. And he just flat out rejects her. He's like, no, I'm the hottest guy in the woods. In fact, I think he even, <laughs> even in one of the... That's story- quite a statement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the hottest, hottest well, no, guy actually, in these woods. Weirdly enough, the story does nothing to invalidate that. Like, like, okay. like the, the trick that then the gods then play on him is just making him look at his own reflection. They don't make him fall in love with it. They just they just trick well, him into. I thought into... he fell in. I no, thought it... that was the whole point of the floor of Narcissus was that he was so in love with his own reflection. What? Okay, here are the, here are the different things that I saw. There's several different versions. One of them is that he kills himself. Narcissus would never kill themselves. Yeah. They he... want to be around to see the reaction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're but the, the abiding one is that he turns into a purple and white flower. So he stays there for so long that he just turns into a flower. Okay. Which I think is just like the Greeks' way of not giving okay. the kids nightmares. Yeah. It's like, yeah. he killed himself and he fucked his sister. No, no, he turned into a flower. Go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so th- there's one way he falls in love with his twin sister instead of his reflection. There's a bunch of different versions of the story. Oh, Jesus. But okay. the thing that's the most cool is that in the version where he turns into a flower, or he falls in or whatever, or whenever he dies, he goes to the river Styx and he's being, you know, the boatman is like, taking him across I don't know why I'm miming it on the podcast yeah. I'm literally doing He's some literally, mime punting yeah, right punting, now punting yeah very Oxfordian yeah oh. <laughs> um, uh, but even on the boat he can't stop looking over the side at his own reflection so even in the underworld he's cursed uh, but, it'd be hard to be in love yeah. with yourself it would be and it's like but, but, but the thing that's interesting I think is that in the myth the, narci- the condition of narcissism is a punishment so uh, the reason they do it to him is actually another. Co- See, this is why the Greeks. This is why the Greeks are going to come up so much in this podcast because that so many words come directly from them. Yeah. So the other god in this story yeah. is Nemesis. Uh, so the actual word Nemesis is the name of a, is the god of vengeance in uh, Greek mythology, okay. and she sees what happens to Echo, and poor Echo just turns into nothing. She kind of. She goes off crying and turns into the into a stone and like trees and stuff. She just becomes right, part Echo of the has forest. A shit life. She's I know it sucks, sucks, man. Yeah. It's kind of like it's like it's like it's like just rejecting a like a like a it's like broken yeah, yeah. kind of slut shaming as well and just like yeah. oh fuck off woman and you know yeah. uh, and then um but then so then Nemesis goes okay that's not cool I'm gonna trick this guy into falling in love with himself right so it's like it's a punishment so instead the funny well, thing is because yeah, it infantilizes you as well. Yes, but that's why I think it's interesting. really struggle with growing up. Yes, and getting older. Well, this is what I think is interesting when you put it when you compare it to real life, which is that narcissism in 
in real life is thought of as this kind of thing where people exalt themselves they make mm. themselves feel like they're the best but in 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 it's meant to be the worst thing that can happen to you mm-hmm. so I it's know. actually like it's actually a self-fulfilling and you've punishment. got to prove to everyone that you're better than them yeah and that's quite draining yeah that's very very draining mm. um and to be around somebody who needs to prove that they're better than you and that they suffer more than you and that they're a victim of everyone is it's just draining yeah absolutely draining yeah i mean how does the comedy fit in in that way (laughs) what in terms of well because i remember having a conversation with you about this before and i remember you talking about feelings of of rejection uh and i remember thinking it's so interesting that you would become really good at and go into a profession where even in the best case scenario you're routinely being rejected you know, by audiences or, you know, what I mean? like, or, what you or by agents yeah. or by, it's hard, it's hard yeah. being a comedian. So if it's, it's so, it's like, it, you didn't run to something comforting. You didn't run to somewhere where... No, I didn't. I don't know why. I don't, literally, I cannot think how, how I ended up doing stand-up. Hmm. Because I think for a long time, I just wanted to hide behind things. This is, oh, this is going back to the beginning where you said, oh, Esther, you're really softly spoken. I have this fear of being heard. Wow. I have an absolute pathological hit. It used to drive my friends mad. So if I was talking about somebody, like, I mean, even with Paul, like, you know, we're up in Edinburgh, me and Paul Cox, yeah. and we're walking around, yeah. and we're talking about somebody's review or something, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, did, you, yeah. did, did you go and see so-and-so show? Did you see it got this great review? Did, and I'm talking like this. And he's like, you know, they're not behind us. I can't hear yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. But I have this fear that they're going to hear. Or I used to be like that with my friends at school if I was talking about somebody that I fancied. or yeah. So it's not about saying something negative and not wanting to be heard. It's mm, literally being heard. just being heard and that leading to a confrontation. So I just, I became, because my family were incredibly loud and it was just right. that constant loud confrontation. Walking on eggshells. And somebody overhearing and being in public and, and having mm. that confrontation. So I have that absolute fear. So I wanted to very much duck under the radar so how i ended up doing stand-up i do not know yeah like holding a fucking microphone that amplifies your voice to everyone that's insane what was your first gig like oh i was so drunk (laughs) well there you go no no so it's that video of it Somewhere, me and Paul swapped videos. I'm sure you were on the. It was on the edge. That's like the. It's like something. the stand-up version of a mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. So, let's swap. Let's swap on, first gig videos. It was when we were videos. doing on the edge, and we we're talking about like our first gigs. And I'll Paul, show you. I'll show you mine after this if you want. I've got one. I don't Paul, think it's my first one. I think it might be my third one or something. Oh, okay. Fifth one. And Paul was like, "You're talking so slowly," and I'm like, "It's because I was so drunk, really wow. drunk." I vomited after just doing, like, my first practice stand-up. Like, the nerves Amazing. just got completely yeah. ahead of me. Amazing. I go still to most gigs now. But did you get laughs? Yeah, I got laughs. So, yeah. Right. I, thought, I don't think I would have done it again if I didn't. Right. That's cool. I think you've got to be bitten, haven't you, for you to carry on. Well, I mean, I remember um, Mike Babiglia in his book, In Sleepwalk With Me, he talks about how the first stand-up he did, he said he had five minutes did two minutes, ran out of jokes immediately, got no laughs, apologised, ran out the back door and then threw up in the street. But then yeah, he, but then yeah. the first thing he thought was, that was amazing, i got to do it again. And that's how oh, okay. he knew he was a comedian. I did throw up, I threw up after, because I did a comedy course and I, I, after I had to speak to the rest of the class, mm. the whole way home, I was just deep breathing because I was like, I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be sick. And then I threw up once I got off the tube at home. Holy fuck. And that was just pure adrenaline, pure nerves. Yeah. 
Um, and you're doing this when uh, just freshly a parent, right? My son was seven months old. That's yeah. amazing. I don't. Why I, is that? I don't know. <laughs> We're not getting to the bottom of any of these issues, but I I love them. I, I find don't. It really I don't know. I was I was seven. I think the contradiction of it. Is but so yeah, Callum was seven months. Layla was two. So they were both babies, you know, still in nappies. I mm. was incredibly sleep deprived. Um, and my friend Lexi, who is like, you know, mm. pro clown and tap dancer. And <laughs> so, so I thought you meant that she supports clowns. No, she's not pro clowns, but I mean... She, she came out in favour of clowns. She was for them before she was against them. <laughs> I think we're all, we're all supporting some kind of clown. I'm anti-clown. I'm decidedly anti-clown. Although oh, yeah. I kind of fell in love with a clown in Edinburgh this year. Well, there's uh, sort of... But she... But she said, look, I'm going to go and, you know, be cool to do a stand-up course. And so I was like, okay, I'll do something just so I do something that's out of the house once a week that's my thing. Hmm. So I did it for that reason, but I never intended to do the gig at the end of it. Um, wow. And then I started gigging and I think it, it it very nearly broke me and Neil. Really? Yeah, because, you know, we had babies that were still up every night. Hmm. And I was going out and I was doing, you know, all the bringer nights, which meant you have mm. to be there all night and then mm. you have to return the favour. And was so he like, your primary bringer? No, he oh, he couldn't be because we needed someone at home with the children. So it was me going out four or five nights a week and coming back in at with, midnight. Yeah, with friends, with strangers or with No, no, not community. coming back with people, but like... No, no, I was saying you would be going out Oh, yeah, out going out. Yeah, so I was people. either their bringer or they were my bringer. And it yeah. was, you know, so it went four or five times a week. And my husband was like, okay, if you want to do a hobby once or twice a week, fine. But you can't mm. be out four or five nights a week. Yeah. And, you know, you, this isn't even a job. It's not even something that's contributing to the house. Yeah. And, I was like, rationally, you're totally right. Yeah. But I didn't stop. Yeah. And so it was, and then it it kind of, you know, I I don't know how we didn't break up at that point, but we, it really came to a point where it was like, I just am being such a better mum if I can go out and do this. Well, that's, that's probably why. If he's seeing the effects of you when you're back. Yeah. Like imagine if you were just there all the time. I think I was just going a bit mad. Slowly turning into a black hole. Yeah. Some women are amazing at being stuck at home mums. And I think that, that feeds their Mm. soul. But I think for me, I, I just wasn't very good at it. I think that's what pushed me out. Nah, it can't be that. No, that I sounds wasn't. like a negative framing. Because you, um, I would say that. You, I mean, obviously, I, I don't spend time with you. At no, home, but being but I bet you're the best mum. No, yeah. I, I think I definitely. I'm not. You know, but all kids. I mean, if there's anything that we've learned from this chat so far, is that all kids really need is yeah. give them a big hug and a kiss and tell them you love them. No, definitely. But I think being at home with children twenty four seven, I'm not yeah. very good at that. Okay. That's that's what pushed me to the edge. So having that outlet. Mm definitely made me much happier to be with them much f- more fun much more light-hearted i was definitely mm. getting to a place where i was like this is quite hard mm. to be at home all the time and to not use my brain yeah definitely to not use your brain yeah <laughs> to have nothing and i was losing a real sense of self yeah i can't believe the difference in me now mm. to before i had children like i've been doing some gigs abroad mm. and Travelling abroad, finding my way to a venue, to a hotel, doing a gig and then coming back is something that would never have happened a few years ago. Like well, me you and, just wouldn't, no, you wouldn't, wouldn't go speak. outside of your comfort zone? Unless I was with somebody. There is no way. I would go to, me and Neil, you know, we'd go on a city break and yeah. I'd stand to one side and he'd be like, can you ask that woman for directions to this place? Because I'd, right. I'd be like, no, I can't. The fear of looking stupid, wow. the fear again of being heard yeah. was just absolutely powerful. And he used to drive Neil mad. He'd be like, can you ring the gas man? Because no, no, I don't want to ring the gas man. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to call the... And it was really annoying. Annoying, yeah. really annoying. The whole time we were in Dubai, the whole time we lived in India. Mm. No, you do it. 
you you know and I needed a driver with me if I was going to do anything mm. and to have you know so it's changed me a lot definitely well it's like it's infantilizing it's like saying to a child yeah uh, go and yeah. go and talk to that grown yeah. up and they're like mm-hmm, no way mm-hmm. no way yeah, yeah. It's, it's like really scary. my niece I got her a harmonica for Christmas because she loves my I, I play my harmonica ah, that's and I got cool. a cold off her last time she used mine oh, yeah. so I bought her her own yeah. <laughs> but um, it, yeah. she um, uh, but she I don't know if it's because she's she's four now but suddenly she's embarrassed and she had to go play in the other room we couldn't yeah. watch we couldn't look at her while yeah. she was and she just went <laughs> that was it it was just like one little part Aww. But it was adorable, but yeah. I was like, oh. It's, it's finding that self-awareness. She's lost that, yeah. I want to perform in front of everyone. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, I think if there's one thing comedy does teach us, it's how to... How Be to okay to... Look stupid. Yeah. 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 I would argue that my comedy story is slowly learning how to be embarrassed. I found it really amazing when a guy said to me once, but is that true about all your body hair? And I laughed and went... It's an exaggeration, but it's mm. definitely something that I have been conscious of my entire life mm. because obviously women are supposed to be hairless in order to be attractive. And when you're <laughs> when you come from a very hairy, you know, there yeah. are certain differences. Like, you know, if you if you're darker haired and if you have Mediterranean hair, then obviously you're you've got a bigger battle. And I grew up surrounded yeah. by English girls who, you know, mm didn't have pubic hair all poking out the side of their knickers and didn't have, yeah. you know, moustaches and monobrows. So you were really conscious of it. And his reaction was, <clears throat> but if it's true, why would you want to talk about that on stage? Because it's not attractive. Oh. And you're like, that's really interesting. You sh- you should be because like, I don't care oh, about sir, being attractive. Yeah. Thank you so much for and telling it's like, me. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fine, I think. I think I'm okay with not, Present, having to present myself in a very non-threatening, attractive I way. Think, I think there's power in that. I, yeah, I have no... I would even go so far as to say, without it getting too weird, yeah. that's quite sexy as well. <laughs> Somebody but, but, admitting but I'm have, hairy as fuck. But guys have to make a point about it. Self-confidence it is sexy. So many times I've heard, oh, you know, you would be attractive, but after hearing that stuff about your body hair, I don't find you attractive anymore. And I find it so funny that you're like, oh no... <laughs> you really think that I'm performing? Yeah. Oh no, I had a really weird one at once at Angel where a guy he did this weird wink when I was at stage. Right, yeah. When I was on stage, mm. when I, and I'm talking to the audience. Is there any non-weird winks? Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, if you're winking at someone on stage, there was definitely, you know, unless I was talking to him and he was agreeing and it was like an agreeing yeah, wink, yeah, then yeah, fine. Yeah. Like and a... then I sat outside off a. Uh, uh, because I was doing both shows and I sat outside and he came up to me and he went gen- genuinely and yeah. I sat next to a guy who I didn't know he was minding his own business having a cigarette and he came up to me and he went I noticed there was a bit of a connection there yeah. so you know what the they say if you have a you know if you, if you, if you have stare a at, penis you can do whatever you want if you stare at <laughs> if, you, you know, if, you, if you lock eyes and there's a connection so I noticed that was happening between us yeah. and I literally just was like what? <laughs> and he just turned away and was like, walk, you know, just walked away. Oh, you mean like you just got, you just, what, you just, you got, got crestfallen and dejected He just and was rejected. like, oh, okay, well, you know. And the guy next to me just turned around and went, that was really weird. Yeah. And I was like, I love the fact that I'm on stage mm. doing jokes, talking mm. about being a mom and children and all the rest of it. And you winked at me and I clocked that yeah. and you thought, this is my <laughs> in. This is this is me and her. 
we're going to be together now because she saw me from the stage where I'm she's going to take her away from I'm going to take her away from forget that Neil. Man. no shh shh sh- sh- forget Neil yeah forget Neil forget I, your kids. the eye contact be, yeah we had eye contact maybe that's some narcissism himself I think it sounds like you found I, a little I, narcissist I, in the audience yeah he was I'd like the comedian so. on stage just looked, looked in my me. direction oh, that comedian wanted me yeah that was just the beginning of your story. Well, that's what happens when I stand up on stage. I do. I, I, I'm only on stage because I, you know, want to have everyone yeah. sexually. Nice. That's what. That's what it's about. I just want to sleep with everybody in the audience, and I think. <laughs> and I think he knew that. I think he saw that. Yeah. And, uh, I, and yeah. he was. He was. It was implicit. Know, I was putting it out there. Mm. I was outside of my house. Yeah. I was talking. Yeah. I was on a stage. Yeah. So I'm pretty much saying. And then, and then I'm massively almost, going up for it. Uh, and then almost to embarrass both of you, yeah. even went so far as looking at him. Yeah. Which was I like know. I mean that that was maybe that was just a clear signal. too much for modesty. Yeah. I mean it was almost a kind of a, 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 a microaggression. Yeah. On, I mean, on your part. It's it's you know, come on, sweetheart. If you're gonna if you're gonna be <laughs> out in, in the public sphere looking at other Homo sapiens, <laughs> yeah. then you have no right yeah. to be bemused as to why we're not having sexual intercourse. Exactly. I, I mean, will put my penis in your face yes. because you asked me to. Yes. While a blinding light was in your face. Yeah, of course. And you were staring at well, like a, a large he, amorphous he, he, blob he put, of 300 people. I was on, um, I was doing, because I host occasionally at Dabba's Bingo, Social Bingo, and it's just like a boozy fun night and it's a good way for me to practice emceeing and stuff. And a guy in the audience, he went on to... So I performed with two showgirls and they're dancing nice. and all the rest of it. And um, and he went on to the Instagram of Dabbers and he right. just was like, why am I watching these fucking slags or something? <laughs> and I, 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 I think, sir, that is a question for yourself. <laughs> But I'm like, you're sat there. I can see you on your phone and you don't even think to look up and have this confrontation with me. You're going to put it on Instagram in the most passive, aggressive way. It's just like, I just want you, you, someone's going to Instagram that and just going like, man slowly becomes self-aware. I know, I know. Why why am I watching these slags? Well, go home then. Yeah, why are you watching these slags? Beat yourself off to whatever submissive pornography yeah I mean obviously you know that knob. if you watch some slags you know what they say yeah you become a slag no that's no, okay no no Nobody is it like no is it <laughs> I again thought. I was just very attracted to him yeah exactly I know he, he, he saw you and as we all know that's the universal sign that's the for universal, yeah, yeah exactly I see you therefore I have you I had a funny I had a funny thought I don't know if this is funny but it made me laugh what's that uh, I was typing on my phone I was typing social media. Yeah. And, and it, it auto-corrected it to social Medusa. Oh. Which made me laugh because it's the one thing Medusa can never be. She could never be social. Because everyone turns to oh, stone yeah. when they look at her. Yeah. <laughs> poor Medusa. Poor, poor Medi. I know. We're mm. well into the Greek <laughs> mythological figures, aren't we? That makes... I'm sorry. I, that... that the, 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 just the... I never thought about it like that. I do wish I just had like a little gun. <laughs> you mean like right now? <laughs> Steve's doing little random bits about, yeah. about autocorrect. Be good if you could just take a man like that and just shoot him and be like, oh, there you, you mean go. like one of those up up the sleeve guns that yeah, just goes. Just, just shoot him. There you yeah. go. You're done. 
Yeah. And everyone else would soon learn. It's not okay. Yeah. I think that's a good... Imagine if a comedian did that. Just shot someone. Just shot someone on stage, yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be up I've there already, with... in my head, creating a list of people I think are perfectly capable of doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. I bet. I bet they don't care about being heard. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. They don't care about being heard. There are certain people you're just like, okay, you're, you're really okay with hmm. being you, which uh, <laughs> takes some guts, you've got to say. Hats off to you. Lack of awareness much. Amazing. Okay, so, okay. Let's let's tie it all back. We'll do the the, the game soon. I felt like there's been a good chat. Yeah, it has been a good I chat. I think we've still got a bit more time. Yeah. Um, if there are any more thoughts that you want to say about narcissism or, or, or your mother, like, oh do you mama. think do you think that she'll like? Uh, you said that oh she's never you know she'll she's never like understood. Do you think she will ever? No. Is it is it past no. that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but she's calmed down. I think old age does that. Okay. And you know she's had stomach cancer, so she's been mm. quite ill. Um, and you know, I think you really appreciate the fact that life's very, very short. And I think that's something that sometimes a narcissist just needs that kind of shock of like, you know, things can come to an end. So you really just want to have some mm. yeah. good memories. You don't want to live your life fighting the world for not existing in yeah. the way that you want it to. Well, and also you're, you're kind of, not that it's a game, yeah. but you've got a winning chip in that you're you're still here. Yeah. You know, no matter what happens, yeah. You she can never say that you you weren't there, that no. you were, that you didn't do your time. Yeah. 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 Which is I mean yeah. she yeah, she might say that regardless. But yeah. I know that's but the main thing. The power's taken yes. away from it. Yeah. Uh one other uh <laughs> I've got little questions in my head. Does Neil have a hobby? Uh yeah, uh, well, I guess it was rugby because he was a semi-pro rugby player. That's until, not a hobby. That's like a thing until, that so he, he was doing. I mean, okay, does he so do he anything was... while married to you with kids? Does he go? Does he leave the house? What does <laughs> he do? Neil never leaves the house. <laughs> well, he built it, so he, he has to the stay house. in it. Neil, He's like a ghost. Uh, Neil's idea, Neil's hobbies would be probably biking. Oh. He just goes off on the bike. God, he's such a fucking man. He is. He just leaves oh. in the morning, goes off on his bike. Mm. Um, gardening as well. Oh. Uh, he would love to quit his job and become a gardener. Nice. He's really into gardening. That I, I, that's going to be a really nice retirement. Yeah, he's already making the vegetable patch. Yeah. And my you, dad. Oh my god, you guys are going to make such adorable old people. I think so. Don't I'll you just think? Be like that quirky old woman. Don't you think? Yeah, and he'll be like really quiet and pottering around, and they'll be like, oh. I think he's always been this, you know. I think you're going to be like his gran. I hope so. That's what I think you're going to be like. I hope so. And then your kids are going to be like super cool, but kind of looking after you and then you'll kind of give them a bit of grief in a way that they pretend to moan about, but really you're a lovely functioning family. I really, I hope that when I'm old that my kids' kids can be like, my gran was quite cool because she was like the first comedian Mm. to perform in but Dubai Opera House oh my god that, like yeah that. big time like I want to be like this kind of inoffensive old woman but mm. then for them to like but also loves talking about how my, hairy my she is my grand used to be like this stand up comedian well be pretty awesome you never stop being a stand up comedian I don't think people retire from being a stand up comedian just die don't they yeah you just die yeah. so it means you'll always be they won't be like oh Gran used to be a stand up comedian in fact I can't do this it's forever so, Steve. no but it's 
I've only done it. I'm not even three years in. Once and grandkids I'm show up, you won't need the comedy yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. All right, I see what you mean. But I, I think it's it's so funny when you said that, like you you were so surprised that you and Neil didn't like they didn't end you and Neil when you first started because you had no intention of doing it and you, yeah. you were saying it's never going to earn any money. And now it's I'm watching it slowly overtake the other yeah. things in your life to be yeah. your career, your main yeah. career, which is fucking great. And what yeah. a victory. It is, yeah. And that's beautiful. Yeah. So, but against all the odds, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, it's it's like the the best victory is living well. Yeah, I do feel like it's yeah, it has been against all the odds. But then I've had a lot of support as well. Yeah. But fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about the support. We don't talk about the support. We've got to be a victim. No, but I am. You also lucky. are talented and amazing. Thanks, Stephen. And you as deserve you. to be heard. Thank you, Stephen. As do you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, I have my own podcast, so really I should shut the fuck up most of the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, being a grandparent is going to be great. Because I see oh, my I parents... Yeah. My parents have... You know when you said that, like, when you realise your parents aren't perfect? Yeah. I had that moment, like, ten years ago and okay. with, like, a vengeance. Like, really yeah. fucking hard. Yeah. Like actually you really dropped the ball on a bunch of things yeah this is actually affecting my life <laughs> yeah um uh you know and then uh, i think you know both me and my brother both kind of had this thing where we were yeah. for a while we were kind of rejecting right okay. mom and dad and then my sister has two kids and i see my mom and dad with the grandkids and, you're and like, i oh, you were really oh, good. i'm a fucking asshole yeah i saw my dad he picked up zoe and he took her to the window and she was only like you know one I know. And he was I, like, "What's that over there? Is, I that think a, it, is that a dog? Is that a cat over there? Look at that! That's a that's a tree." And I was just like, "He's the best father ever." They are the thing, and it's not until you have to, and you realise the hard work, and you're just like, "Oh yeah. God, you just did that!" And you the, just did it. The warmth you know, and the fact yeah. that the grandkids can always tell. There's something about grandparents that I think, I think, out of all the family members, I think the grandparents are the most loved by the grandkids. Mm. Like Uncle Steve does barely get. He's like, "I'm a cameo character," you know. Yeah. But Granny and Granddad. Yeah. It's something about the smell and the yeah. comfort of them. It's real comfort. My son absolutely adores Neil's mum. Mm. Like he, that is his. She's like the baby mm. whisperer when it comes to him because he can yeah. be the devil child. And yeah. She just completely sorts him out. And I think he said to me once, "I just wish Nanny was here." And I'm like, "Well, why can't? What's so wrong with having cuddles with me?" And he went, "You don't have huge boobs." <laughs> and he was like, "I like cuddling on her huge boobs." I was like, "Well, there we go. Typical lad." And we're back, um, we're back to the MDMA. We're back to the MDMA. There you go. We've done full circle. No, I, I, I'm sure uh, being a grandparent will, will, be, will be perfect for you. Mm. I'm sure you will love it, and you'll be really, you'll be a funny, you'll be funny granny. Funny granny. Funny granny. Bit nuts. Bit embarrassing. Exactly. Yeah, funny hairy granny. All right. Funny hairy granny. Love yeah. it. I'm, I'm very happy. Um, that's good. I, yeah, I feel good about this. That's good. It's so nice to. I, I've, I haven't heard a lot about this, and uh, it's just nice to talk to you. Let's do the game. Okay. Unless you have anything else you, you no. want a final thought on narcissism? No, I've got no final thoughts. My final thought on narcissism is that it's all about me. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be one. Uh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> if you recognise any of these traits, just change. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. If you, if you feel like you're in, everyone you else is like, in the wrong. Yeah. If you feel like everyone else is in the wrong and you're always a victim, seriously, check yourself. Yeah. Because no one gives a shit about you. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. It's really true. 
Well, well, that's a good point yeah. too. That's good. We're all alone. No one cares. <laughs> Say that closer to the mic. No one cares. No one cares. You're alone. You're alone. Still. Yeah. Um. Mazatov. Um. <laughs> let's do the game. We end the right. podcast by um. You have to tell me something that you don't love that everybody else seems to love that you just kind of feel like it's kind of you're kind of out of step with the with society okay uh and then you can uh the cherry on top is just tell me something that you do love and just kind of sell it to me okay i think the thing i don't love is yoga oh i like it don't like yoga and i know it's good for me and i know that we should do it and i know that we should all be really up for it and people are all like oh i'm doing yoga it's amazing and Mm. my body's massively changed and sd you'd really benefit from yoga and i get it (laughs) but being in a room and it's always like a hall (laughs) <laughs> or some like musty smelling room right it's never like a comfy environment yeah. and just stretching while someone's like no come because i'm not a stretchy mm. person i'm very never, stiff yeah. and uncomfortable in my own body yeah. and like all this kind of like opening, you know, opening. chakras and <laughs> lifting your legs up and holding it in really uncomfortable positions and yeah. then supposed to find it relaxing and there's always yeah. like really bendy spangly women yeah. who just do it naturally so everything about it I don't enjoy yeah. and I don't want to yeah. I don't want to do it so stop <laughs> saying that it's good Where do you, where's this pressure coming from? I'm purely in my own mind uh, Is it the sisters? Is it the other no, mothers? My sisters, oh no my elder sister will probably do uh, yoga uh, yeah like mums will go on about yoga or mm. people are just like you know you should do yoga and I've got a terrible posture so I get told that I should do yoga yeah. all the time I'm quite round shouldered and quite hunchy and I know I'm going to end up being kind of like a hobbit when I'm older but I'm just if you're not, lucky if I'm lucky I know love you've hobbit. got you've yeah, got man. a thing about them but <laughs> <laughs> weird hobbit thing no I didn't mean to make it weird I'm just saying that like hobbits are cool but I yeah I'm just not into yoga and lots of people do yoga yeah. and like I, my sister-in-law will always be like oh I'm off to do hot yoga and I'm like I know that I should be enjoying that <laughs> where do I we, should feel where do I sign up for the hot yoga that's where I... you go and do it in a hot room oh, and it is, oh, is good it? I, thought you meant, I thought you meant just like it's a place where you, you go to be like sexy. and I've tried doing it I've tried I've done like yoga I used to do yoga on the beach in Dubai and mm. in my mind I'd be like I've really enjoyed this but not really <laughs> I'm saying these words out loud because I know that I should have enjoyed doing it. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. I remember being like four months pregnant and doing like a meditation session with this guy mm. who was like in linen pants and topless and like... He Sounds was like, disgusting. Gonna, he was like, I'm going to do like a gong bath on you. And I remember... Is that being, a euphemism? No. A gong bath? Yeah, it's where he bangs a gong and we all have to like be bathed in it sound. Okay. And I remember just being so uncomfortable because I, and I remember thinking like, I want to calm down. I want to be, because I'm quite an anxious person and I want to mm. calm myself down because I'm pregnant and all the rest of it. So going to this meditation slash yogury type session. And I remember just for the whole thing being uncomfortable. And then I remember being sat and just being so uncomfortable. And <laughs> I remember him really passive aggressively going, if you keep moving, you're disturbing meditation for yourself and others. <laughs> And I was like, I disturbing meditation for yourself. And I was like, you're others. such an up yourself prick. Yeah, yeah. I hate you, and you're fucking gong. <laughs> and so that's yeah, I got really annoyed because I like being relaxed and I like doing yeah. stuff that's relaxing. But if somebody needs to move or you know, you just kind of let people. Yeah, I think be it's in very, their own thing. I think it's a very comedian thing to have bad posture. Yeah, it's part of our character. Exactly. It's part exactly. of who we are. We cut. We cut iconic silhouettes. 
I don't need to do yoga. I just lie on the floor and get the kids to walk up and down my back. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, I and mean, also, you're probably fit as fuck from, like, carrying... I'm not fit at all. ...kids all over no. the place. No? No, I used to be. Okay. Not now. But, but I'll get back there. you got a big, you got a big, tall, vertical... Husband. Mm, husband. Yeah, he can do all the lifting. He can do all the lifting. Yeah. He's like yeah. a boxer. We'll work him to death. <laughs> He's the vertical <laughs> one. You're the horizontal one with the kids walking yeah. on you. Yeah. They're they like just they're standing on my spine. Just kick out the knots in your back and stuff. Hundred percent. Do you like a good like like a massage? Oh, stuff? I love that. Right. Oh, that's yoga for I'm for, for, yeah, for like us normal to, people. Yeah. Is uh, yeah. I just want yeah to be cracked. Out. I like the Thai massages where they literally smash the crap out of you. Yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine you know Akin it was actually it was Akin I was at a gig with Akin like a couple of days ago and I was just about to go on and kind of as a joke he started giving me a back massage as in like to be like alright champ go, go on you're gonna yeah. go go and smash it and fuck me it killed and it just made me uh, think how I'm... how fucking knotted up must my back actually be also can we get Akin to do massages I bet he'd be great I think he could use the money as well <laughs> I once gave Helen Bauer like a Pam because I'm a qualified reflexologist as well. Are you? Yeah. This is so, news. Yeah. So I gave her some hand reflexology on the way back from a gig, and she just was like, "That's just completely." What is it? What me. is hand re- reflexology? So you've got nerve points in your hands and your feet that go from different parts of your body. So you tend to get knots, right. little like um, little like nodules where there's issues. Okay. Like for example, if you've got a certain neck pain, you can find that reflex. Shit. In your we should talk because I am stressed all the time. There you go. It's just all. In fact, actually, I'm kind of upset that I've known you for like three years, and you've done nothing to ease my torment. <laughs> oh, okay, right. I didn't realise that was my responsibility. It okay. is. Okay. God damn it! We went to Edinburgh together. You're supposed to crack my back on the reg. No. It's I can't crack backs. So that's the whole point. My friend Adam, uh, he, he does that thing where you stand back to back and you link arms, uh, and then one of you just kind of, kind of dips forward, so the I, other one just becomes a N shape. I went to a chiropractor, and he didn't. He was trying to crack my back, and he didn't get. He wasn't strong enough to get to any of the cracks, <laughs> and I was like, it was the most unhappy sixty pounds I've ever handed over. I was so frustrated, and I just came away. It was like it was kind <laughs> of like an unha- hour of almost climaxing and never getting there. Pounds. It was just like. Oh, wow. <laughs> Find the spot. That's like when I did um, a, de- a sensory deprivation tank, and I just, I just couldn't meditate. You're supposed to just zone out, but what, I, I can't zone out. Yeah. I need somebody to physically do something. Yeah, yeah. Well, We're just I, overthinkers. I, I became a child. What I did was I basically this is what happened for the whole hour. I kicked the side so that I floated, and until I hit the other side. Oh, that and sounds I, quite good. And then I kept, I just did that back and forth like a ping pong, uh, like oh, a, yeah. well, a pinball machine. Yeah. And that was it for an hour, just okay. playing. Yeah. And not taking it seriously. And yeah. again, it was like sixty. I was the. Yeah. I I felt ashamed. Yeah. Giving them my money for not so having Neil a transcendental. It's amazing. Yeah. Neil's that type of guy that you know we get into bed and if he you know he'll just he switches just right go, off <laughs> and just goes to sleep. Give yourself some more credit, Esther. And you're like. <laughs> I'm like, how do you do that? How do you just switch off? You literally go, day, cleanse, delete. <laughs> Whereas with me, I, you know, I think things through. I have to think about things. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> you don't delete your cachet. No, not yeah. at all. I was thinking about, I watched that interview with Sh- Shahima Begum. Hmm. And I kept thinking about how I really want her to have braces. Wow. That was, I obsessed about it for ages. I was like, she really needs to have braces. Wow. Does she know? With all the things that she's got going on well the NHS 
Yeah, but she can't come back. Oh, she's not British. Anymore. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm, I'm providing a. <laughs> I'm posing. I'm posing a problem. I know. Um, um, whatever, yeah. whatever. She's a smokescreen for yeah. What other things that are going on at the moment? Surely, surely, if surely, if you're like, if you went over there when you were fifteen and you're a woman in ISIS, mm. surely that makes you a victim of I- of ISIS. Surely. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How As we're kind of talking about the R. Kelly case yeah. and all the girls that were groomed and were in videos and stuff, and how he should be prosecuted. I, me personally, I'm like, whether it's her family, whether it's the place that she went to pray, where you know, somebody somewhere is. And also, I'm very weirded out by the fact that a group of very young girls were able to travel to ISIS without any interception when mm. we knew. Yeah. That there was some issues going on there, so I do feel that well, it's like the R. Kelly thing. Like, how fucking yeah. old is that video? It's like yeah. I remember Dave Chappelle making jokes about yeah, it in like exactly. nineteen ninety six. But or we don't say, well, you know, they were fourteen, fifteen. They're responsible for their actions. No. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Also, uh, you know, if if she's somebody who still stands firmly that she's made the right decision, I don't have a huge amount of sympathy mm. for her beliefs. But I don't think you can start taking people's citizenship away. Yeah. Because. Why is it Syria's problem or Bangladesh? Yeah, it's like can you imagine if I just went over to Spain and killed everyone? Oh, I, I can imagine that. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then Britain just going, well, no, yeah. she's your problem now. <laughs> she did it in your country, yeah. so she's, she's our, your problem. She's our fucking legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know what? What the hell? You know, yeah. people. And if somebody came here and did something, yeah. it would be all the Tommy Robinson lot that would be like, send them back. Yeah, exactly. So you can't 100%. just ship out, you know, no. British British criminals and say it's other people's problems. Mm. And we seem to love talking about it enough. That's I just, know. That's just, <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, know. and, you know, yeah, and she should have braces. So um, She should have braces. It really, yeah. Let's get writing letters. Yeah, she needs braces. She needs braces. I don't um, know what the caliphate feel about that, but... That should be on their list of priorities. Yeah. And we need to hear from them on that. I don't want to hear from them. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to make that clear. I mean, if I had, if I had my way, the caliphate sat, sat in the audience and like, I think you made eye contact with me. Yeah, I think... I think <laughs> Okay, right. let's 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 uh, let's talk about love. Let's talk about something you do love. I love dipping salt and vinegar crisps into plain yogurt, and it's an absolute epic combination. Wow! Specifically that mm-hmm. salt and vinegar or Thai sweet chili sensation crisps. Okay. Into plain low-fat yogurt. Okay. It's an epic combination. Plain yogurt. Plain yogurt. It can't be any flavoured. It can't be Greek yogurt. It's got to be plain low-fat yogurt. In fact, when me again bring up Paul, who's mm. <laughs> he's a bit like Neil, isn't he? He's just another suffering man in my life. Yeah. Um, but when we were flat sharing in Edinburgh, mm. and I was like, I think that you should leave Julie. I'll leave Neil, and we'll just flat share and do comedy. And he was like, Good God, that sounds horrific. <laughs> You'll be eating crisps and yogurt while I just have to listen to your obsessions. <laughs> that sounds like a life to me. <laughs> it's like, no, at home I've got, I've got a nice normal life. I don't want this. <laughs> when did you discover this, uh, this, this secret elixir? Well, 
Um, Lebanese cook with a lot of yogurt, so we have right. very yogurty diets. So okay. and so you'll find in a lot of Lebanese cooking um, mm. that like we cook like meatballs and cooked yogurt, or you have cooked yogurt on rice. Okay. So it's that kind of carby yogurt combination. Nice. But I was never very good at cooking a lot of Lebanese food. So when I was mm. at university, I just was craving the kind of potatoes that were cooked in yogurt or rice. I do love so some Lebanese potatoes. Yeah. I love Lebanese food. Yeah. So cooked in yogurt, but you cook like the yogurt's cooked with like garlic and pine nuts and stuff. But I just wanted that yogurty taste with salty carbs. So I just that's when I came to right. crisps dipped in yogurt. Is this a, is this a a family thing? Is this like the the one no, thing my you dad give yourself? Would slap me around the head if he sees me eating. It's like my, no, it's, but I mean, is this your escape from your? Like, is this is this something that you do as your comfort? Yeah, that you find that yes. you give yourself to yes. treat. Yes, it is. Yeah, if I'm hungover, that's my hangover food. Like I have to have mm. tabbouleh, which is the Lebanese salad, okay. crisps and yogurt. That's my, that's my cleansing, comfort food. And do you need solitude? Do you need seclusion? I need to be on my own. Okay. Uh, and I need to be able to watch some kind of box set of Ooh. something. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you watch? Uh, it, it tends to be things like One Foot in the Grave. That's oh, my real comfort. That's nice. Uh, Only Fools and Horses. Nice. Absolutely fabulous. Love it. So basically, British sitcoms about dysfunctional families. Yeah, whilst eating my home food. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's Frasier or Batman the Animated Series. It's so funny you were saying about Frasier because when you're saying something that everybody else loves that you hate, Frasier was going to be one of them. You hate Frasier? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're not compatible. No. <laughs> Frasier and Seinfeld. See, I can see what you mean about Seinfeld. I like the guy, you know, the one that turned out to be an avid racist. The quirky guy in Oh, Seinfeld. Kramer! Yeah. Holy fuck! You liked it. He was the, he was the redeeming... <laughs> Kramer is the redeeming factor. I thought he was quite a good actor. I didn't He's a great woman. actor. I didn't mind the woman. She was all right. He's and arguably, the weird, arguably... And the weird little man. He was okay. But Seinfeld is an awful actor. Yeah. He's, he's an awful yeah. actor. And he's not got any charisma. That's kind of the charm, though. Isn't oh, it? Oh, no. I think, I think, I've, always, think? I've always struggled with people that don't have any bite. I need some bite there. Right, okay. And he's always just, you know, that's what? how I talk. <laughs> when I walked into the room, what was I supposed to say? And it's like, <laughs> no, where's your bite? <laughs> I will not eat yogurt and crisps to use yeah. her. No, I will not. Also, he's, he's turning out to be, like, super old-fashioned um, the, more, the older he gets. It turns out that he, you know, you know, he sells himself as being that kind of like, oh, I'm really happy all the time. I'm right, right. And then it turns out he's like this misanthrope. <laughs> I don't know much <laughs> about the him. The moodiest guy in the world. Is he quite moody? Well, have you well, ever watched like comedians be... in cars getting coffee? Well, it he's must just be him an moaning ego. about like. It must be an ego yeah. to have that much money. I think this with all celebrities, when you start to get, and you see it even on the circuit when people mm. start to get a certain status or whatever, there is an ego that develops and also a kind of god complex. Yeah. And I think with a lot of celebrities, it's weird. You just have huge amounts of money and huge amounts of fame. Mm. And what have you really done? Mm. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, you know, you've been funny. Yeah. Well, and you've been lucky as well. And very lucky, yeah. Do you ever imagine fame for yourself? No. But you're the first one to go to the oh, I won't house. be famous. Are you, you could be. Mad? Yeah. No. But it means you'd have to check yourself. You'd have to... Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I was thinking that the other day, actually. What was I thinking? Someone said to me something like, oh, thank you for being really nice to me. Because they were like... And you were I like, like I do not remember that conversation. Yeah, I <laughs> me? What's wrong with you? I slapped him. Yeah. <laughs> But you do find that sometimes when you're not, when you're on a bill or something and you're the kind of lowest down on the rung, mm. 
And normally people are great, but you do often have sometimes that person who's like, no, I'm not going to look at you. Or I'm just yeah. going to hey. Oh, no, someone said it about um, the guy from Made in Chelsea who's oh, now really? started doing stand-up. Oh, right, yeah. That he was just a bit like, hi. <laughs> I've been on the I think, I think that's the audition process for Made in Chelsea. <laughs> and he just said he was a little bit arrogant. I was like, oh, you've got to be nice, people. Yeah. You've just got to be nice. It's You're only as good as your reputation in any yeah. industry. The people yeah. who are dicks surely make money or whatever, but it's an unsustainable. It's unsustainable. Nothing's yeah. sustainable. You just got to be nice and happy with where you're at. But yeah, no, Seinfeld never particularly. Mm. All you need for your, if you become famous, is that no, in, in your rider, the thing right. that you have at every gig is right. the salt and vinegar crisps and the plain yogurt. Oh, it's the only buy thing myself. that has to. Oh, okay, and that's that part of the yeah. process as well. You go and buy them yourself. Yeah. And I did once right. have sex with Neil just for him to go and get me some crisps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will have sex with you if you go and get me some crisps. So I can have my crisps and plain yogurt. That was the money shot. Um, that was the money shot. <laughs> that's um, amazing. No, but the reason why I hate so The thing, thing that makes me the most happy is it just makes me love him. Because <laughs> I know he did it. He did it. Yeah, he did it. He did you proud. Yeah, I know. I just that fills me with absolutely. <laughs> what a good what a, save, Neil. Find yourself a good man. Yeah, people. find yourself a good man. No, the reason why I hated Fraser was because it was they were supposed to be really intelligent, and yeah. I never found them that intelligent. What's well, not the it joke? Was such is that faux. the joke is that there is that is that he's a psychiatrist who is like. But they is, would say things yeah. like him and Niall, wasn't it? And it would be yeah. like, oh, have you listened recently to the third movement of Tchaikovsky's Violin right. Concerto? And it was like, oh, mate, shut up! That doesn't define intelligence. <laughs> you were like Tchaikovsky. Oh, I love Tchaikovsky. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You actually are an intellectual. <laughs> that's what it is. You're like, no. uh, that's such a basic bitch thing to say, Fraser. <laughs> I see through you. No, I actually me. am a hoity-toity intellectual. constructed intelligence where people are put on a pedestal for being intelligent. Yeah, and yeah, actually, yeah. when you take apart what they're saying, yeah. it's really not that smart. Yeah. It's really not that smart. Yeah. Well. And often people that don't... It's the Wizard and uh, Oz thing. Right, yeah, of, yeah. You know, the... Who is it? If I could only have a brain, the scarecrow. Yeah, he's the one that comes yeah. up with all the plans. He is. Yeah, he has all the ideas because you think you're made to feel like you're not smart, and sometimes you're the one that has more social intelligence than. Oh my God. Everyone else. Maybe that's what you got to read after um, Mary Poppins. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Oh, Mary Poppins! It's killing me. Can't handle it. It's amazing. Amazing. Mary Poppins fucking rocks. Although I do think she's an alcoholic secretly. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. more thing to have empathy with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why she's always having rum punch at the medicine bowl. <laughs> is that why she has a duck on the end of her um, uh, umbrella? Or is that oh, only in the I'm, films? Uh, I've got to order that. My daughter actually went to school dressed as Mary Poppins and she won a prize. Fucking hell. Your, your family's super cool. They're quite cool. The kids are quite cool. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Give it time. Give it time. They know what they're doing, hopefully. God willing. <laughs> right. Nice. Right. Those were excellent. Those are excellent Thank things you to for hate. Having me. An excellent thing to love. That was a great conversation. Uh, I'll say goodbye. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I never know how to wrap it up. Wrap you, it up can you wrap me. it up? Just say like... Uh, You've been listening to Things I Love. Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Your continued support is always appreciated, <laughs> Esther. Um, 50 Uses. Okay. You've been listening to 50 Uses. 
for love. <laughs> what is it? One word, Esther, one word. 50. 50 uses for the word love. Okay, you've been listening to the 50 uses of the, the word. The 50? I the... don't know. I can't do it. I can't Jesus wrap it up. Christ, man. It's like not knowing where to put the pause uses... in the okay, you've to been... be or not to be speech. You've been listening to 50 uses for the word love with Stephen Trumbull and Esther Manito. Say goodbye, Esther. Bye-bye. I'm Stephen Trumbull and I love you. <laughs>